All episodes of the Real Women in Business podcast reflect the opinions and views of the guest and Cass McCrory and do not reflect official policy or position of employers or clients. Thank you. You're listening to the Real Women in Business podcast. I'm your host, Cass McCrory, and in this podcast, we highlight women in all kinds of businesses. For yourself, someone else, full-time, part-time, overtime hustle, Together, we will learn from and with one another. And if we get it right, it'll lift us all. Let's get into it. Friends, today we're talking to Carson Tate. She is the managing partner of Working Simply, the author of Own It, Love It, Make It Work. And in this conversation, we are going to talk about your relationship with your work and how we treat that relationship, how we give and how we take, and the importance of that take part in our feelings of fulfillment and appreciation. I love this conversation. I know you will too. Let's get into it. Carson, welcome to the show. Thanks, Cass. I'm glad to be with you and your listeners. I'd love for you to share a little bit about who you are and what you do in the world. So who am I? I am a mom, partner, friend, daughter who is here to help transform how and why we work. And I started my career working for a big corporate financial institution. And after that, in a stint in outside sales, I became an entrepreneur. And that has been both a highlight and one of my greatest learnings in my professional career. I love that. Carson, you wrote a book about well, it's titled Own It, Love It, Make It Work. And I love this because so frequently we think on the work front, we've got the same grass is greener complex that we bring in all other areas of our life. You know, women with straight hair want curly hair. You know, we want, we've got a white house. We want a gray house. We want what we don't have. And we think we have this idea that, oh, if I change my job, all of the things about my work are going to be resolved. Spoiler, not so much. (laughs) Not so much, Cass, because here's the, the truth. Wherever you go, there you are. So if you are working in a job that isn't fulfilling and engaging and really lights you up, makes you happy and you have that sense of meaning and purpose, until you do the work, to get clear on what it is that you need to be engaged, fulfilled, happy, to find that sense of purpose and meaning, when you go to the next job, it's going to be the same at some point. The shine wears off, right? You no longer want the straight hair. You're like, well, I liked the volume of my curly hair because you didn't do the work. Yeah. Where do we start on this? So the first place to start is is a paradigm shift. And and this is a shift, and I'm so grateful for the pandemic because I think it's helping bring in this shift, is the recognition that the relationship that we have with our employers is actually like every other relationship in our life. It's based on something called social exchange theory, give and take. So if you think about the relationships we have with our girlfriends, we are sometimes you're always the listening ear. They're in a rough spot, encouraging, you're dropping food off, you're helping. And then other times they're giving to you. They're the listening ear. They're supporting you. It's the same thing 
with our relationship with our employer. It's give and take in service of a mutually beneficial goal. And so if you reframe it that way, then that means you have an equal and powerful voice in the relationship. And that part of that means you own your engagement, your fulfillment, and do the work to identify what that is and stop expecting our manager to figure out how we want to be recognized or how you really want to develop a relationship with that other person in the organization, that we take the guessing out of it and start to be really clear with ourselves and with our company. I love how you're talking about this and positioning it because it is a relationship and we are not in a position, especially as women, especially with COVID, especially with everything that we have on our plate to be in a give, 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 give environment. No, because give, give, give equals resentment, resentment, resentment. Yes. And it starts to chip away at performance, at productivity, at sense of self, at growth, all of the things that we want and need. So, so true. I, I want to just talk about how do we make, so somebody's light bulb just went off and was like, oh, I see now I have resentment towards my work. And that is impacting my performance because I have only been looking at the give, my give in this relationship. How do we start this conversation? Because taking, especially as women, is a vulnerable act. It is a vulnerable act. And I too feel this vulnerability and I too know exactly what it feels like in your belly, that clench. And it is the recognition that when you ask, it's in service of a mutual goal so that your company can make its product, so it can serve its customers, so it can solve a major problem in the world. So the first thing is to elevate beyond self and say, okay, there is a broader goal here that we are together working towards. And then the next step is we've got five things to do. First, we have to admit that you need recognition and reward. That's part of the receiving. And I don't know about you, Kes, but just admitting that I need a, a thank you or an a girl at times makes me, I don't know what this is, what this cultural script is, less than. But guess what? We all need it. And for women, the way I've found to approach this reward and recognition, how do we get to that so it doesn't feel so, it's all about me, is framing it in terms of feedback. So we go to our manager, Cass, um, thank you for being in the presentation today that I did to our investors. And what I really appreciated is when you let me know at the end of the presentation that I was clear and succinct and everyone knew what they needed to do next. Thank you for that. It was helpful for me. I appreciated that. What I'm doing there is acknowledging the feedback, saying I want more of this because it helps my performance. Yes. Here's what I think, um, and I'm not, I'm not challenging you there at all. I think this is great. Yeah, push. And also in that situation, and I'm speaking for myself, especially when management is 
And I think I've received this from both men and women. I don't think it matters who your manager is, but there's also an invitation that comes in that thank you more please of constructive that becomes like a pin popping a balloon where it's like, oh yes, no, I was glad that I got to say that you were concise and that you came across really well. You know, it would be even better if next time you did these 16 things that I also would have done if I had been doing your job, you know what yes. I mean? But, and like, even if that's not real, that's a real fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we use a framework. Um, we call it the C S is in Sam e is in Edward e is an egg specific feedback explained with an example. So let's say, Cass, you say, oh, great, Carson. And here are the 25,000 other things I need you to consider during a presentation. Now, what I would suggest if I were coaching one of our clients is you, yes, and. Yes, Cass, I hear you. Thank you for that. The feedback I was specifically looking for was, was I succinct and clear on next action steps? You said at the end, giving the example, that I did this. In the future, and explain or ask for what I want, if you can continue to let me just focus on this piece first, that would be very helpful for my performance. Yeah. So managing that manager a bit. Absolutely. It's, um, you know, that you know this. We teach people how to treat us. And so this is a not what this is some retraining in service of mutual goals and performance. Yes. Right? I mean, because my man, if you're my manager, you want me to be clear with our investors. Like this is a win for everybody. We can all agree on that. And if it, you're an enabler of that performance through that recognition, feedback is important. The other piece of this too is, do you know, do you know how you like to be recognized? Yeah. Some people want a verbal affirmation. Some people want just a little email. Thank you. Some people want a handwritten note. Some people want more time with their manager to collaborate. It's and a love so language thing. It's, it's such a love language thing. And so it's knowing what that is, because if you were the type that just wants a quiet little one-liner email, and your manager is announcing it and broadcasting it in front of everyone all day long, that's misaligned. Yes. And so you're not see feeling valued and seen because they're speaking the wrong language. But how does she know manager Cash, Cass is she's speaking the wrong language? She doesn't if you don't tell her. Right. Oh, I think there's so many good lessons in there, both about advocating for how you receive and also being receptive to the way that you receive isn't the way that everybody else does too. So taking the moment and being like, hey, when was the last time you felt really seen and appreciated in this work? And learning from that re response, one of the things that I've noticed as I'm interviewing people and talking, you know, the we only have a Barbara Walters moment in my podcast when we talk about what can someone do to help you feel appreciated. And it becomes that 
I'm going to cry a little bit moment when we realize, oh, it has been a long time since we felt appreciated. A really long time. And your piece of the action is the clarity around what it looks like for you and the courage to help everyone in your life appreciate you in the way that you receive it best. Mm -hmm. You know, when we know what the love language is, and I think this transcends, this is not just a work application, obviously. I mean, once I had the aha moment that my husband's love language was quality time and not words of affirmation, boy, things got a lot easier. Absolutely. Guess I think our husbands are, might be twins. Mine's <laughs> husband is the exact same thing. Yes, it does get easier. And with that knowledge, then you, you're you just so empowered. You're empowered to, to love them the way they want to be loved. Yes. I love that. I love how we're thinking about, you know, our relationship with work and how the relationship work that we put in pays off in other relationships too, because we show up as whole people. Absolutely. We, we definitely do. And one of the other things I encourage readers of the book, and then also our coaching clients to think about this in terms of this overall relationship is, do you really know your strengths or gifts? Mm. We can, we will call it anything you want, strengths, skills, capabilities, gifts, aptitudes that you bring to this relationship in, in your professional life. We also have these that we bring to our personal relationships as yeah. well. And are you really clear on what those are and the value that they bring to the organization? Because this is where most people can say, oh, you know what? One of my strengths is I'm a great writer. Like that's one of my strengths. I can take an idea and really write in a way that it's clear and understood and actionable. Great. But do you know the value of that? Mm. And if this relationship with your employer is a social contract based on social exchange theory, give and take, not until you know the value, can you do the next piece that's important for engagement and fulfillment is to ask to do more of it because it lights you up and maybe not to do some work that isn't really a signature strength of yours, brings you down, waste your time. And it's just not a real great use of everyone's time and energy. Yes. This awareness of, okay, these are my strengths. And then the ability to ask and having, you know, the space to say, ah, this is the work. This is my work. I want to do this. I'd like to do less of other things. That takes big boundaries. It takes big boundaries and we can, the boundary can feel not um, as insurmountable if you start to quantify it. Mm -hmm. So if, what we tactically coach our clients on is, okay, here's your strength. We can take concepts and ideas and distill them down into clear processes and action steps, whatever that is. And here is the ROI. So when I do that, we get fewer calls to our customer helpline on how to use the technology. When I do this, oh, it's easier for prospects to understand what we do and we have a shorter sales cycle. So what you do, if you wanna have this conversation is you look at what's measurable, 
how does this help the business? Because the case you have to make, Cass, is I want to do more of this. This is how it benefits you, right? We go, What's in it for me? We got to go mm -hmm. there first. And then it makes it easier to say, I want to spend maybe 20% of my time on this. Here's what it will, here are the benefits. And I'm not going to do this over here because I haven't been able to show you an ROI in such a direct way and or any, it might just be busy work. There is fear in this <laughs> pointing out of the busy work because for many people, we've been doing things for so long that we don't know why we're doing them anymore. And a lot of work became unnecessary. And then it's like, am I unnecessary? Mm, yes. Oh, so true. And so where I would challenge folks to think about this and make it really tactical because fear is it's a little bit like, you know, the monster under your bed. I know we're all adults, but I had many a night when I was sure there was a monster under my bed. And only until I turned the lights on did I realize there was a monster. But so here's what I would suggest that you do to get really clear on busy work and value is look at your job description, if you have one, or why your company hired you because you were hired for a very specific reason. Then take your task list and put them next to each other and look at, hmm, does this task align to why the company hired me? Does this task align to revenue generation? Does this task serve our customers? And I literally sometimes tasks have to have clients draw lines. We do it very tactically to name and claim these fears. And then we'll have a nice clear list of things that, ah, huh, well, that report doesn't generate revenue. No one's read it in six months. I think it's time to stop. Yes. Doesn't mean I'm not valuable because I have all these other things that are really valuable. But now I've just identified these five that aren't. Let's go have the conversation with our manager. I think, you know, I've seen this happen a lot. And one of the things that I suggest doing is looking at the thing that you don't want to do. Our avoidance, our procrastination is such a teacher on this. It's one of the most powerful teachers we have. So I think procrastination is actually a productivity enabler because it points out, okay, maybe there's a gap in knowledge. Like maybe mm -hmm. you don't have the piece you need from a colleague to maybe it's not necessary. And your brain knows it's not necessary. It's not helping the customer or the company. And three, if it's been on your list and you've procrastinated for months and months, it's kind of like the moldy bread. And yes. let it go because it grew mold because no one asked about it, right? It's time to let it go. Such great advice. And looking at those tasks that we have moved for month to month is like moldy bread definitely helps us do that because we wouldn't be sitting around with that. No, you wouldn't allow that in your pantry because no. it's not healthy, right? It's just, it's not, we don't want that in our houses. And so it's not also healthy for you in terms of energy focus. And then as women, we all walk around with shoulds. Oh, I should be superwoman. I should do it this way. I should, you fill in the blank. And that moldy bread could just be a should that has no bearing in reality. Yeah. Oh, Carson, I want to ask you this question about the women that have left the workforce 
in the COVID times, you know, research is showing it is over a million women in the U S alone that have left the workforce. If organizations want to bring those women back in, what do they need to be doing differently to keep them? Yes. So first of all, I think what has been exposed in the pandemic is a massive fracture that we have around the value of women and work that is been ascribed is more traditionally female-based work, household, childcare, education. And what we've seen is when you pull the social supports out of school, daycare, community support around nurturing, caring of children, household feeding, it's not a surprise that women have to leave work because they're going to choose their children. So it's, it is a, I think an opportunity for businesses to really make sure they're advocating and having a voice in terms of our social structure. If, if we want to bring women back to work and support them, because without it, it is exceptionally difficult. And so I think it's interesting. This is just an anecdotal observation. What we're seeing many of our clients is most of them, their return to work schedule, office, whatever it might look like, hybrid, some in, some out, doesn't kick in until after Labor Day. Yeah. Now, why is that? Now, there's science behind it. That's outside of my area of eminence, but it also coincides with what's happening on the childcare front. Yeah. Schools will probably be back in session in more ways. Our daycare centers will have worked through their systems so everyone can be safe. Well, so it's easier for women to go to work. I feel, I feel sad about that. I feel sad yet hopeful. Yeah. Sad for all of those women and those families and our businesses that have lost this incredible talent and creativity that they've lost and hopeful and that maybe this is what we need as it is as a country, as a, as a society to really value the, the work that is done by predominantly, not only, but our, our female members. Yeah. There's definitely a different tone of appreciation in a lot of different roles that, you know, had none of this happened, you know, if my husband and I were talking a year ago, we're recording this at the end of March. Now at the end of March, we thought, two weeks to, to end the spread and April, we were going to be back to business and everything was going to be fine. And there were a lot of hard lessons learned in that year, a lot of hard lessons learned and none that I regret. What? Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm curious. How did this last year unfold for you? What have you learned? Yeah, I've um, learned to more fully appreciate the power of a pause 
and mm-hmm. slowing down. So a reconnection in a deep way with my daughter, um, how fun it is for her to beat me over and over again in Uno and Clue. Um, the joy of, of cooking in a way that never would have given time for before. Um, the value of relationships and how creative and agile and innovative people are to find connections. Um, and just the opportunity in front of us. I mean, work abruptly shifted overnight. And in my line of work, you know, change how and why we work, there's a big catalyst to examine everything we're talking about, the social structures that support and enable workers, how we go to work and the productivity tools that we use, how we engage and really live into the value of our work. That's really exciting for me. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I love that. We've covered a lot of ground. Is there anything that we didn't get to that you're like, oh, we need to talk about this today? The only thing I would just want to say that we didn't talk about is just the value, I think, of jobs and work that's been Mm. underscored. And what I've come to believe and really realize in this pandemic is that no job no job is exempt from significance. Mm. Every job has so much value and the interconnectivity of our work and our community. It is easy to diminish your contribution, but when we look at the trickle down value and we see the impact that we can make there's real value and not just dollar value, but energetic value. Yes, yes. Their meaning and purpose exist in all jobs, all jobs, they all serve. And the important thing I think to, for folks to realize in this paradigm shift in my new book, Own It, Love It, Make It Work, is that meaning is not controlled by what happens to you. It's your interpretation of the events and how you frame your work. Mm. And so that creates so much power for you to really see it in a different way and just continue to serve in a way that not only lifts you up, but really lifts up your coworkers, the community in which you work and overall, all of us. Yes, it is the frame. It is the frame in which you decide to put it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I've got a lightning round of questions, but before we get into it, where can people find you online, Carson? Yes, CarsonTate.com or on LinkedIn, the Carson Tate. Awesome. What is the go-to song you listen to when you want to up your energy? Oh, um, what is it? Um, you know, I'm not quite a music person. Um, I think I'd have to say um, Brave. I love it. Yes. What time do you wake up? 5 a.m. What does breakfast look like? Coffee. Favorite ritual? Meditation and exercise. Morning person or night owl? 5 a.m. I'm going to go morning person. Morning. I turn into a pumpkin. You don't want to talk to me after 8 p.m. Pumpkin time. (laughs) What is a book you've given or recommended the most, not your own? Within the last eight months, it's called Ask Your Guides. It's about really Ooh, using Sonia your- Sonia Choquette, so, so yeah, good. So good. And using your intuition, I love it. 
Carson, we've talked a lot about this today, but what can someone do to help you feel appreciated? Mine is about time. So Mm. I feel appreciated when someone asks me to walk or spend time with them or virtual coffee date. That that really is my, my love language. Oh, I've loved this conversation. Thank you, Carson. We'll be following you you online and uh, stay safe. And uh, we can't wait to see where you're going next. Thanks, Cass. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening today. I would love your review. Wherever you've listened to this podcast, head on back to that podcast app and give us a five-star review. It will help this episode and all future episodes reach more amazing people just like you.